0: at the right time there is the right place to be at the right time everywhere you find yourself at any time is not necessarily the right place to be at the time and just because certain things cropped up in your life doesn't mean those things should run or dictate the circumstances of your life there is a place to be the right place to be at the right time hallelujah did you get what i said there's a right place to be. Tell somebody there's a right place to be. At the right time. Everywhere you find yourself. Just at any time. It's not necessarily. The right place. You've got to know. Where to be. At the right time. Praise God. Now that's very important in life. See, there are, there are lots of people who are into jobs, they don't have any business being in. The people who are living in houses, they don't have any business living in. The people in cities, they don't have any business living in or being in. The people married to people, they don't have any business being married to. And that's true. A lot of times that's responsible for the frustrations that people have to go through. Because they don't know there's such a thing as the right place to be at the right time. Everywhere is not the right place. Hallelujah. We say from the Bible, from our understanding of the Bible, that God is everywhere. And that's true. But the manifested presence of God is not everywhere. God is everywhere. You can relate to God everywhere and anywhere. But the manifested presence of God is not everywhere. Why did Jesus say, tell my disciples, I will meet them in Galilee. What was wrong in meeting them in Jerusalem? What was wrong in meeting them at the garden where the tomb was? What was wrong in just meeting them just anywhere? But he said, tell them, I'll meet them in Galilee. So they get assembled in Galilee. I'll meet them there. There was the right place to be at that time now if they were at Capernaum when Jesus made an appointment for Galilee and they went to Capernaum even though his presence could be there even though he could see them there even though they could call on his name there that would be the wrong place to be hey what do you think isn't that right hallelujah it pays to be at the right place at the right time because when you are at the right place at the right time you find yourself in God's will now may I show you something in the book of Romans all right Romans book of Romans I want to show you something nice I found out that in, well, I should let that come later. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I am reading from verse 2. Now, a lot of times we major on one part of this verse and we let the other one sleep. But I want to major the next few minutes on the latter part of it. All right, let's read. And be not conformed to these words. Be not conformed to these words. Don't compromise with this world. Don't be fashioned according to this world. Don't let the system of this world run your life. That's what he's telling you. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed. Oh, this is beautiful. Look at it. He says, don't be conformed. Don't allow the world to hem you in. Don't let the world Organize your thinking. Don't become like the rest of the world. Don't become comfortable with the system of the world. He says, be not conformed to this world. Don't be fashioned according to this world. He says, but be transformed. He says, let there be a change in your life. Taking you to a higher level be transformed hallelujah transformed tell somebody transformed Say it again transformed good he says but be transformed by the renewing of your mind now he tells us how to get that transformation this is by the renewing of your mind changing your way of thinking and how does that happen through the word of God through the word of God be transformed by the renewing renewing of your mind change in your mind according to God's word now you used to think this way begin to think according to God's word now when God's word comes to you it gives you material for thinking now God says meditate on the word let the word control your thinking for example Somebody used to say, I'm very hot-tempered. Now, when you are born again, you cannot be conformed to that system of the world because it's not from God. You don't say, I'm very hot-tempered. Why? Because the Bible says the fruit of the spirits is what? Self-control, patience, self-control, meekness, gentleness. Now you got gentleness, meekness, self-control patience the bible says it's in your spirit that's what it says the fruit of the spirit is he's telling you that's in your spirit see he's letting you know what you've got inside you and you didn't know that until god's word said so so now when you open the word of god he says you've got self-control you've got patience you've got meekness you've got gentleness But you didn't think so before the word said so. Without the word of God, you thought differently. You thought you were rough and you were tough and you were, you were, you know, something else, you know? And nobody told you that you were gentle. Nobody told you that you had self-control. Nobody told you, you were patient. You used to think, my problem is impatience. But now you're born again. God says to you, hey, there's patience inside you. Nobody told you that. And you didn't even feel that way about yourself. You didn't think you were patient. But looking at the word of God, he tells you. You've got patience in you. You've got self-control in you. You've got meekness in you. You've got gentleness in you. What do you do? is be transformed by the renewing of your mind in other words don't think the way you used to think about yourself think now the way God thinks about you if God says you're patient then say thank God I am patient i got patience in me and I'm gonna let it rule my life be transformed by the renewing of your thinking how many of you got that point hallelujah you know that's the way we grow in Christianity the word of God gains mastery gains the ascendancy in our spirits and then we find that we are developing we are growing we're not what we were last year we're not what we were last month within a week your thinking can change hallelujah and then you know if you meditate on it long enough it'll come to stay a lot of times when it comes it comes fresh see but then you stay on it that's the reason for meditation you read it again and again and martyr it and pray with it and say those words and then every time you do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing and that wells up again in your mind what you got from the Word of god then you change what you just said you change what you just did you change what you just thought about that was wrong as far as god's words concerned then you replace it with what god's word says Maybe you just said, well, I know I'm not a patient person. No, God's word says I'm patient. No, 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 I am patient. I am. But you just said you weren't. Yeah, cause I was wrong. God's word says I am, so I am. See, do you understand what I'm talking about? So He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, this is beautiful. Let me read, let, let's read further. Chapter 12 again, book of Romans. That's where we are. If you're just coming in. That's where we are, Romans chapter number 12, and we are reading the second verse. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may No, Oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Did you notice when he says, What he says, here, yeah, but ye, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that that's not a, a full stop right after that. What do you have there? Is it full stop? What do you have? How many of you have seen that? Have you noticed it's not a full stop? Now he's telling us the benefit of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this where it's going. Look at it now. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove. That ye may prove. What is that? Good. Did you see that? Good and acceptable and Perfect will of God. Three phases of God's will. Right in there. Three phases of God's will. There is the good will of God. We discuss, that's the general will of God. The good will of God. There is the acceptable will of God. Then there is the perfect will of God. That's the highest. There is the good will. There is the acceptable will. The good will. It's the general will of God that you just know is good for people and is good for God. For example, I want to go to Korea to preach the gospel because Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I want to go to ghana to preach the gospel because jesus said go into all the world and ghana is a part of the world i want to go to zaria to preach the gospel because jesus said go into all the world i want to get a job at uh, central hospital why because the bible says if you don't work then don't eat so i just want to get a job just get me a job because it's right to have a job are you catching it I want to get married why cuz it's good to marry and it's time for me I think I'm old enough I want to get married are you catching it now I need a house so I'm asking the agent just get me any Three-bedroom flat. Or get me a, a, a super duplex. I, 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 want, I want to get a house. Queer. A nice place. Just get me a nice place. Why? It's right to get a house. Live in a house. The general goodwill of God. That's what it is. And do you know that most Christians live their lives there? they never thought that there was something more than just getting a job they've never thought there's something more than just being in a the city there are people here well i schooled in lagos so so i, I grew up in lagos so i got married in lagos gotta get a job in lagos hey i can't figure working anywhere else on planet earth couldn't be anywhere else I want to go to the usa why well things are bad down here i just want to go help me make some money and come back why all my friends have traveled and i got to travel too well you know um there's a visa lottery and i want to i want to try that i can get it someone says i got the visa I won that lottery and so I've got to go if God didn't want me to go why did he let me win it well did God say play it if God didn't want me to have a job in that company why did he give me the employment letter Did God tell you to apply for it? Well, I prayed about it. (laughs) Isn't that the craziest thing in the church? When people say, I prayed about it, that's the reason I thought it was all right. I prayed about it. When you were praying about it, who was doing the talking? You just said it. It was you. You did the talking you told god where you was going you were the one who said it didn't you notice the difference you didn't say god told me you said i told him and look at this there's a guy has gone out of home he's gone somewhere and mama says why did you go out and he says i told daddy it's easier the other way most of the time they don't tell daddy they tell mommy how I many of you know what I'm talking about? The guy, the young guy's going out, and daddy says, Don't go. So, and, and daddy's gone out. So, in the evening time, daddy comes before he does. So, where are you coming from? He says, I told mommy. Now he doesn't say, Mommy told me to go. He says, I told mommy. That's a great difference. I told mommy. He's trying to imply that he got the permission from mommy because he told mommy. And daddy doesn't listen to that, gets his weep out. Put seven lashes on his back and he doesn't forget it the rest of his secondary school period. Hallelujah. I told God, I prayed. That don't make any sense. You told him, who do you think he is? Most people who talk like that don't know him. The born again, I'm not talking about non-Christians yet. They don't know him. Listen. If you ever see Jesus your knees will buckle most of them don't know you they don't even know the Holy Ghost all they know about the Holy Ghost is that he helps them talk in tongues and makes them shake <laughs> that's about all they know but when you meet the Holy Ghost you'd be like John in the book of Revelation read chapter 1 He said, I was in the Island of Patmos. He said, "Um, and I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. And I heard a voice behind me and the voice spoke to him. And then he said, I turned to see the one who was talking to me. He said, when I turned, what happened to him? He fell as a dead man. He saw Jesus. And fell down like one dead. when you meet Jesus when you meet the Holy Ghost you would know what it is to lie on your face before God some of you don't know anything beyond kneeling down to pray you kneel down and say father in the name of Jesus thank you for today thank you for yesterday thank you for last week and thank you for next week you know you just pray like that Bless my uncle. My uncle that's having a very serious problem. My auntie has not given birth. Give her a child. My brother is looking for a house. Give him a house. My MD is having problems right now with some other companies. solve the problem. I mean, they think that God is just the errand boy waiting to dash up. Tell me, tell me what you want. Tell me. And then they say, go to my uncle in London. You know. And he goes in all directions trying to solve their problems if you ever meet him hallelujah you would fall flat on your face you would cry and shake like you never did all your life i'm telling you that's the day he becomes lord of your life you know we call him lord and we haven't known him as lord when you know him as lord of your life you will never be satisfied with the goodwill never you will be too scared to live your life in the arena of the goodwill there is the goodwill and then the next one says the acceptable will now the acceptable comes a little more homeward He's beginning to deal with individuals when he talks about the acceptable will. The good will is a general. Now, the acceptable will has to do with what you do. Because you want to do it. But it's nice. But God doesn't want it for you. And yet it's not wrong. Hello? In other words, God's now dealing with individuals. It's good for John, but not for James. Are you catching it now? And yet, not because it is wrong, but because there are certain things in the calling of James that are not consistent with this thing. But it doesn't happen. Simple example, the children of Israel asked God for a king. They said, we want a king. We want to be like other nations. And Samuel said, hey, come on here. It's not right. They may have their kings, but God don't want that for you. God is your king. They said, nay, nay, nay. We want a king that we can see. We want a king that will ride on a horse in front of us. And we all go to war together. We want to see the king. Then he went to prayer. God said, don't worry. Give them a king. But warn them. He said, warn them. Tell them what, what the king will do to them in future. Let them know what the trouble will be. Warn them. And then they said, well, Samuel warned them. And they said, nevertheless, we've heard you. Nevertheless, we want a king. God said all right now remember it was God who helped them in choosing a king did you notice that it was God who chose Saul he helped them but that was his acceptable will. they were flowing in the acceptable will of God I want a job in Chevrolet Oh God, I gotta get a job in Chevron. You haven't even asked him if he wants you in Chevron at all. But you want a job in Chevron. God, I gotta get a job. In Chevron. Then you're sowing seeds and planting seeds for Chevron. Gotta get into Chevron in the name of Jesus. Every day, Chevron is mine. I have a chair, a table, and a computer in Chevron. In the name of Jesus. I gotta get the Chevron. Chevron is mine. Chevron, I I am coming. I rebuke every hindrance. I break down those strongholds. I re- de- I, every devil of darkness. Get out of my way. I'm on my way to Chevron. In fact, I am there now. Now, watch this God can't break his word. And so God, he kicks the doors of Sheffron open and he gets you inside. But that may have not been his perfect will. He helped them choose Saul. He went out and, and got them Saul. Did you ever read of the prophet Balaam? Balak said to Balaam, Balak was a rich king. And he, he said to Balaam the prophet, he said, "I want you to curse Israel for me, and I'll pay you." Balaam said, "No, I, I don't do that." He said, "No, come on, hey, don't you want to be rich? Speak words, just speak words, but be sure they're not good words. Speak words against Israel. Now, pay you." Now, he prayed to God. He said, "Lord, do I go?" do I go Balak is inviting me to go and do something for him do I go the Lord said don't go he said well the Lord said not to go so I'm not going hey come on hey come on it's nothing wrong come on he went to the Lord Lord think about it again do I go? Lord said, don't go. Lord says, don't go. Hey, come on. Come on, try. Lord, what do you think about it? Do I go? Guess what? What God said? Go. Acceptable will of God. And do you know sometimes people die living in the acceptable will of God? When you live in the general will, the good will, you live like the canal man, you live the life of the ordinary man, and you do not matter much in the kingdom. That's big trouble. Big, big trouble. You do not function, you do not take your place in the kingdom of God you do not function when you live in the general will of God you're just a nice Christian just a good Christian going around like anybody else and um, you live a kind of life as you come up more spiritually you're coming out of the general life you find yourself in the acceptable will but you've got to go beyond the acceptable will the acceptable will is not good you get into trouble in the acceptable will you could even shorten your life in the acceptable will You could get into a lot of frustrations in your life that you shouldn't have had in the acceptable will. The acceptable will is not the right place to be. It's very, very important. I'm telling you, it's very, very important. You find yourself in the acceptable will of God. You got to find a way to get you out of there. Now let's look at it again. Look at it again. Verse 2. I want you to observe it. Now, if you're just coming in, we are reading in Romans chapter number 12, in verse number 2. And we are looking at the three phases of God's will. Praise God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove see now if you are renewing your mind by the word of god he's telling you you'd be able to prove to you what is the good what is the acceptable and then the last one there and perfect will of god you'd be able to prove to you as you walk in the light of god's word and god's word renews your thinking That means you're growing, you're developing spiritually. You'd be able to prove to you. What is the good? What is the acceptable? And what is the perfect will of God? The perfect will of God is the right place to be. Hallelujah. Now, how do you come about the perfect will of God? First and foremost, it's so important that you find out what is God's calling upon your life see a lot of times we put the cart before the horse and that's wrong many Christians do this and there's no big wonder why there's a lot of them who have not grown spiritually see you have to set the things right you have to set the table right you you don't put your shoes on before your socks come on talk to me now but we see children doing that all the time they put the shoes on then they pick the socks and sometimes they put the left one on the right one and vice versa but as they grow they know just by looking at the shape which one is the right one and which one is the left one you know what I'm talking about but prior to that time they didn't know they just thought anyone would go but they knew as they kept on walking it it felt rather funny it felt funny praise god you know in your life you've got to be really careful one day i went to a shop several years ago and um i hadn't checked me well when i got dressed so when i opened the door to come out of the car somebody pointed out to me who went with me something about my shoes and i looked down and i said and I got right in to make changes let me tell you what was wrong and that's how many people live their lives without ever knowing I put one shoe on the right leg had a different color different design from the one on the left foot So the right foot and the left foot weren't wearing the same shoes, but they were my shoes anyway, and they had perfect feet. So I didn't feel any different. I just was okay. Just didn't look down. Now was about to walk off and and I said, ma, thank you. Some of you have found yourselves in that situation even in some marriages that's the way it is they got one brown foot and uh, one green foot faiths though but it's just something that doesn't work out right and all the time you're wondering Lord was this the girl I was supposed to marry was this the man I was supposed to marry? You were not listening to the voice of God's Spirit because He never makes a mistake. You were listening. He may say, "Well, I'm there now. What am I going to do?" Your hope. Be not. Come on, here. Are you still with me now? be not conformed to this word but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good good and acceptable and perfect will of God now let's look at God in the way he does things he sets out with Adam and the bible reminds us that it was Adam who was made created first He was made first before Eve was. Is that right? Now God made Adam. What's the next thing he did? He gave him a responsibility. He gave him a calling. Are you hearing me? He made Adam and he gave him a responsibility. He gave him a job. He gave him a calling. Adam knew what his calling was. Before God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. He didn't say it's not good for the man to be lonely because he was not lonely. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. He was not lonely. He was alone. To be alone means you are up to something without anybody else. Always alone has to do with something else. To be lonely means you're alone doing nothing. Hello? Because there's nobody with you. You can be lonely with a large crowd around you. You can be lonely with all your friends with you. You can be lonely even though you have a job. You could be lonely with your husband and your kids. You could be lonely with your wife and your children. Loneliness is an inside thing. To be alone means there's nobody with you in connection or with regards to a definite direction. And so Adam was alone. God was his friend. He was not lonely. He communicated with those animals, but he was alone. So God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Now, watch it. You get this. It's not good for him to be alone. I will find him a help suitable he didn't say i'll find him a friend he said i'll find him a help he didn't say i'll find him a friend come on talk to me now you go study for yourself in genesis he said i'll find him a help not i'll find him a friend i'll find him a help suitable meaning that god was concerned about what he told adam to do so he says he needs help to get it done he needs help I'm going to get somebody suitable to help him. Are you catching this now? That's what he said. So God gave him a calling. God gave him a job. God gave him a responsibility. First thing in your life is, what does God want from me? Now I've arrived in this world. Here I am and God's brought me this far. May I know what God wants me to do. How, how does he want me to function in the kingdom of God? What is my responsibility in the kingdom of God hallelujah hallelujah you know sometimes we as we study God's word and and we listen to some of the speeches some of the speeches made by some of um, the world's most remarkable people i'm not uh, looking at some of the negative things they say but um, some thoughts that seemed to be right. Uh, Kennedy was said to have made a beautiful speech and within his speech something that the whole world has heard about everybody knows what he said and I want to pick that little statement and uh, look at the mind of certain people and look at God's word. He said do not ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country that was good thinking that was good thinking excellent thinking he was a young man and he said do not ask what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country and and that's got to do with patriotism that's the right thinking that's the right mentality that's the thinking that produces greatness that's the thinking that produces greatness T.L. Osborne put it the other way he said go where the need is greatest and the help is smallest in other words you think first like like Paul the Apostle when Jesus spoke to him from out of heaven on his way to Damascus, what did Paul say? Lord, what are you going to do for me? Was that what he said? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's the right question. Oh, may God give you the wisdom always to ask the right question. It's so important when they ask the right question, to request the right thing from God, God said to Solomon, Ask what you want. And I'll do it for you. And the young man, he said, my father taught me. You studied the Bible. It was David who brought Solomon up and taught him. And so Solomon knew when he came to that age, he knew what to ask for because his father had instructed him properly. Had taught him. His father told him, go for wisdom. Read the, the book of Proverbs. He'll tell you. He'll tell you his father taught him. It was his father that taught him what was important in life. And he said, I was my father's son. He took after his father. He held on to the words that his father spoke to him. So the day came when, when God said, ask what you want. Now do it for you. He said, I want wisdom, knowledge. Then God said, wow, read it. He said, wow. Did you ever read in the Bible that God said, wow. Well, that's the meaning. That's, that, that's the way you can paraphrase what he said. God said, wow. Young man, you've just become a king. You didn't ask me for the life of your enemies. You didn't ask me for wealth. You didn't ask me for, for, for long life. God said, wow. He didn't ask for all the things that young people are asking for today. Oh God, I need money. Oh God, give me wealth. Wealth like no man's business. Oh God, give me, give me, give me long life. Give me. He didn't ask for any of those things. He says, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. I want to know. He was asking for revelation knowledge. The man knew how to study. He was asking for revelation knowledge. He was asking for understanding. Wisdom. Wisdom says, I am understanding. So the man knew what he was asking for. God said, Wow, you didn't ask for your, the life of your enemies? Have you heard some people praying? Oh, my enemies, oh God. Oh, my enemies, right, left, and center. Spraying water or spraying holy water or oil at their houses. No enemy shall come in, <laughs> no enemy shall be here. The water of God or the oil. Of the anointing and then the, the doorposts and linters of their houses they say the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus I anoint me I anoint me I anoint, anoint my feet they take their car keys and anoint it I not the four tires in Jesus name you are a crook Well, a crook is somebody who's crooked. (laughs) Anyway, see, there's something wrong. The anointing of the Old Testament came from a a horn. It came from a container somewhere. And the prophet had to hold it. But the anointing in the New Testament doesn't have no business being in a bottle. It comes from the inner man. Out of your belly shall flow torrents of power. Can you shout amen? Amen. Out of your belly. You don't have to buy any bottle. Out of your belly. From your innermost being shall flow like a gusher he says. Had the Holy Ghost come on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says there came a sound from heaven like as a rushing mighty wind. When you start praying in the Holy Ghost and releasing those waters from your inside, it goes out like a rushing by the winds to the place that your prayer is directed to. Oh boy. You don't need all that. When you start praying like this, power's coming out of you everywhere. Don't need to go to the gate. Don't need to touch the doorposts and linters of your house. Just stand in your bedroom and release the power. The walls will receive that anointing. I told you one day, I was sitting on my bed. And Jesus walked in. I was sitting on the bed. I was sitting on the bed. I was sitting. And Jesus, before he got to the door, the walls reported his presence i knew somebody was coming in the walls i'm telling you i can't describe it but the walls responded i don't mean they were vibrating there was something about the presence of jesus as he was walking down the corridor before he got to the door by the time he got to the door i fell with my head downward but i was seated There's such a presence. Such an anointing. Such an anointing. It's so powerful. It can't stay in a bottle. Did you ever read that Jesus was praying? He was praying. Peter James and John John were with him while he was praying. And while. The Bible says as he prayed. The fashion of his countenance. The form. The visage. changed as that changed his clothes began to have the anointed they began to glitter suddenly they became white as snow the anointing went from his spirit to his body from his body jumped on his clothes as they looked at jesus as he came down the anointing also came down with him came down the mountain and he said, relax, don't tell anybody what you saw because they won't understand. Hallelujah. One time he was in a crowd and a woman who had a hemorrhage, suffering from hemorrhage 12 years said, if I may, but touch his clothes. And on that day, on that day, there was power. There was an anointing. See, the power was not always there. Are you hearing me? There were certain times the anointing would be strong. Otherwise, why did Jesus pray? A lot of times when he had these meetings, he would go and pray and then come out. And every time he prayed before coming out, boy, read those scriptures. The Bible says, all men sought to touch him. For there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Again, he says, as many as touched him were instantly healed. Virtue was coming out of him. The woman touched the hem of his clothes. was healed jesus said who touched me how do you know he said because i perceive that virtue is gone out of me there was power some of us sometimes have felt that anointing when that anointing was so strong so powerful so powerful oh the anointing of god's spirit is the best place to be listen the perfect will the perfect will the perfect will, tell somebody, the perfect will. The perfect will of God in your life is the right place to be. Now, you have, you have a responsibility in, in getting yourself into God's perfect will. Sometimes you may find that you're already out of God's will. And when you're out of God's will, you better watch it. The smartest thing to do is to dash back into God's perfect will. I recommend fasting and praying. I recommend fasting and praying. You want to know God's perfect for your life? Studying God's word. Now, fasting and praying without the word of God will do nothing. You've got to study the word. Now, studying the word, because a lot of times people are asking, where should I study then? It's not really where should I study, that's the issue. It's getting acquainted with the author of what you're studying. Because what he's going to say to you may not be a scripture quotation. Are you hearing me for example you you you're talking to the lord about your job the name of your company is not is not written in the bible did you hear me so uh, it's not right to be asking him uh, if the name is written in the bible and that's the one you're going to follow not necessarily but see you're getting acquainted by study you're getting acquainted with the author of the book that's the Holy Spirit Bible says all scriptures given by inspiration of God see so you're getting acquainted you're learning his language as you study the word you're learning his language you, he's beginning to share his thoughts with you for example in marriage you know that um, when you talk about communication sharing thoughts together it's not necessarily the for 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 the men they like important issues i mean if you're going to talk about the children better talk about their education or talk about you've got to say it come on say what it is they want the topic of the discussion now if the wife says ah i have something to to talk to you about so when you come from work Uh, early we'll we'll have to talk about something now he's beginning to wonder what could it be now reason is wondering what could it be because that's the way he is made at work when they make an appointment they give him an agenda so at home he also wants an agenda what is it so uh, his mind is full he comes home and um, he's ready for the topic and then the lady starts out ah uh, yesterday there was, you know, and she sat saying all these things that don't make any sense to him. And all that time, he's still waiting for the main thing. And the lady has finished a long time ago, and he doesn't know it. And so he says, so what about what, about what you said you want to talk about? And the lady said, but I've already told you. And he can't figure out what she was talking about. Because she's just talking about general issues, you know, my hair, my nails the children you know the plane and one was angry with the other and uh, all kinds of little things and they don't make any sense to him he wants the title of the subject he wants the project to be well structured out he wants everything you know and so that when she's finished then he can now give his advice give his view the woman don't need your view she don't need your advice she just wants to talk to somebody you know what And, and those are the things that get you acquainted And that's the way god is do you know god is both male and female when he first created man man was both male and female together like god and then when he made man according to the bible the creation and the making of man are two different things when he created man he created him male and female when he made him he separated the male and made Adam When he made the woman they took out something from him and made the woman so she's different from his praise god but god exhibits both male and female characteristics so you can understand why god can be so soft and be so strong why god talks like a mother and a daughter and then suddenly Becomes a son, a king, and then a father. He, he just changes. You can understand why God cries. Some is say, God cry." You think, because God, how can almighty God cry? God cries. The Holy Spirit weeps. Read your Bible, study about him. He exhibits male and female characteristics. He just starts weeping. And suddenly turns into a man of war he executes both to their best extremes the only thing is a matter of time let's pray would you talk to him now worship him honor him